like we have gifts, we have talents, we have things that God has bestowed on us to do well, but more importantly, just like you had stated, um, the, the, I guess the importance of us doing those things unified together as the body of Christ, that right. like that is where our gifts and talents are best suited is being utilized in the body of Christ. And so Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Biblically Centered <laughs> Podcast. Shout out to which movie was that? Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You don't it, know what movie that is? I don't know. It, it must Does be it sound early. familiar? It does sound familiar. It's just a little early for my brain to be rocking and rolling. This is actually late for us. <laughs> I know. For the time that we're filming this. So that I can't know. be an excuse. It is the Truman Show. I was actually going to say that. Well, you didn't, so you missed your chance. <laughs> I'd rather you try and be wrong than not try it all. Okay. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> Which is a good movie if for those of you out there who haven't seen it. Yes, it's a great one. Jim Carrey, who was basically a social experiment, born and raised in a controlled, a controlled fake society. Yep. Um, so every single person in his life is essentially a paid actor yep. except for him. Yep. But he obviously thinks growing up that all these things are real and they're kind of like in this fake earth dome studio. Can't give any spoilers. So that's all. <laughs> that's all you need to know going into it. You didn't give any spoilers. Mm-mm, I don't think so. I mean, that's the premise of the movie. I know. And then everything. They kind of, they kind of jump into that real quick. Yeah. I kinda. mean, you know that that's the premise of the movie. Right. Even from the trailers. Yeah. So. But it's a good one, The Truman Show. Uh, it, it has funny moments, but, you know, Jim Carrey's kind of a kooky guy, so it's nice, you know, those kind of movies, which he's done a few of them, where he's it's not like a slapstick comedy. You know, there's a lot of right. drama and things attached to it and emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that's crazy is, like, he, he, one of the parts of his story in the movies that he loses his dad when he's, like, eight mm-hmm. in this, like, tragic boating accident, which obviously scarred him. You know, and just to find out that that's, like was actually just a script. <laughs> yeah. His trauma was just a script. It was. So, you want to hit us with our mission statement? I would love to. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> that is a good movie. We should watch that again soon. All right. Here we go. Getting us started today. Biblically Centered equips your family with knowledge and conversations for you to live and defend your Christian faith. And my name, I don't think I introduced us. My name is so. Johnny Jordan. Danica Jordan. And you are? Your wife. And I am? My husband. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're just tripping me up this morning. I don't know. I haven't had a lot of my coffee, so maybe it needs to kick in a little bit. Yeah. That's okay. All right. We're going to get into it today. Mm-hmm. Another week, another virtue. What virtue are we on this week? Virtue, L-M-N-O-P. We are on virtue P today, um, which is a fun one. It says, we practice using our gifts and talents with diligence and purpose. Correct. Which is true. Yes. So we are called to do this. We are called to actually probably steward anything well. So this doesn't mean just practice mm-hmm. your gifts and talents, but it means... 
But it's a focus specifically on that. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, because obviously those are things God has gifted you with. Right. So that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. So in Romans twelve six, it says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Um, and so just to start by saying that the purpose of our talents is not for self-gain or self-recognition. Uh, but ultimately, it's for glorifying God and serving others. So, um, yes, we are given gifts and talents, which can bring us accolade and wealth and those kind of things. But that is not the goal. The goal is obviously to use those things to um, point to Christ and uh, and to God and to ultimately serve others. Um, right. Yeah. So we can steward the things that come of that. Um, to make sure that we are developing disciples of right. Christ, which alludes to our last virtue. Right. And even more so, because so, cause this is Romans, Paul, so this is Paul, um, and emphasizing the point that, yes, God just, like we have gifts, we have talents, we have things that God has bestowed on us to do well, but more importantly, just like you had stated, um, the the I guess the importance of us doing those things unified together as the body of Christ that right. like that is where our gifts and talents are best suited is being utilized in the body of Christ and so there is a certain element of um, yes like God like we have gifts and talents for a purpose but oftentimes that purpose requires some sense of sacrifice to essentially strengthen each other and share the gospel, if that makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's an eternal purpose behind those things. Right. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on here. No, I don't think so. I was going to say, because I just wanted to make sure I didn't have it written down for la- uh, for later, but, you know, it says like each one of us is a part of the body of Christ. And so everyone is going to be unique and individual. We're not all going to be hands. We're not all going to be feet. So God has given us each individual talents like you said we come together unified as the body of christ and can use those all in conjunction together Mm -hmm. so and again this isn't to say that you just stop doing things because you're not good at them this just means that we want to recognize those things that do come naturally that we feel are god-given and to see how we can use those things to honor god Mm -hmm. um and obviously it's still important to cultivate other things as well but yeah first yeah. corinthians ten thirty one. um so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god yeah so i think the challenge is and a good question to ask yourself is are there things in your life that you are doing not for the glory of god mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah And I think when we think about this, we don't want to make these things that we're good at or things be idols in our life. So, yeah, we want to make sure that everything we're doing is for the glory of God. And so, um, what I know a lot of people who, you know, use an area of their expertise or something they're gifted in as a way to give back or serve or to do more for their community because it's just easy for them to do. Who else? You know, I'm. it can be as simple as, you know, you bake really well and you're bringing meals to people. That's something God has gifted you to do and you enjoy doing it and you are helping other people. So uh, it's not that we're talking about like these grand elaborate 
things that maybe we would think like, oh, they, they are really gifted in that. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as they're really gifted in serving in kids church on Sunday. You know, like there's at our church, we have several leaders who what they've been in those classes since our oldest was in some of those. So like for five or six years, the same people have been in the same rooms at church serving kids in that age group but that's just they are gifted in caring for those children and telling them about Christ yeah um I think the point that I'm wanting to make is like not just because I know and I have this bent to be this way sometimes but like we can't compartmentalize our faith mm-hmm. where our faith is reserved for Sundays for small groups and for family but then when we're in the workplace well that's work that's not faith right um but ultimately like god has called all of us whether you're a full-time pastor at a church or you're an electrician or whatever your field of work is is that we are to go into all the world and so and then there's the verse that talks about compelling them in so how are we how are we in every walk of life having that focus that our focus is to be using like, yes, we, God wants us to go into our workplace and do what we do there. Well, but how do we go into our workplace with that? Not being our main goal. Yes. We want to do our job well, but how is it that our main goal is how can we bring God's word and God's presence into our workplace to affect people's lives that we're interacting with daily in an eternal capacity. Right. Right. So that alludes, you know, we, we use them with purpose. So the purpose is to, to glorify God and to show him. And again, we net, we never want any of these things to sound condescending or anything. Condensation is the word you're looking for. (laughs) Or anything like that, because these are things that we ourselves are working through and being sanctified every day. But I think it would maybe be a challenge to think about your workplace or who you interact with. Are those people different now than they were a year ago when, or five years ago? You know, have you have you taken steps to to really have that purpose come through? And And if not, I would just encourage you like. I, I know sometimes that can be awkward and it does take courage and boldness to kind of like start speaking up and things, but that that's the purpose that God has for you being in those different spots. Mm-hmm. You know, his purpose is to reach all people. And so we, we never want to limit him or think like, ah, I don't know, that might step on too many toes or ah, if I invite this person, that might not really go well for me. It, it, Yes, it might be awkward and it might create that, but I I think in the long run you would look back and maybe regret not doing that. Mm-hmm. And and it is hard. I mean, I've been in workplaces where it is hard like how do you bring that up or talk about that and you're already kind of awkward and an outsider because you were homeschooled and went to a private Christian college and You think you're awkward? <laughs> No, you're working at a marketing agency Who's ever with, told you you're awkward? with beer 30 on Fridays, you know, <laughs> beer 30. Anyways, who's told you you're awkward? No, that's not the point. The point no, is, but I want to make a point. <laughs> Stop. 
that's not the point but the point is like okay so maybe maybe there are different avenues so maybe you are just joyful all the time and that is and people are like why are you just so joyful all the time like because like I follow Christ and he's my hope and I like whatever's going on can doesn't affect affect me and I'm just I I know that I have someone with me all the time. Anyways, there there are different ways. I mean, obviously you don't want to just I'm rambling. <laughs> Anyone else have like an awkward <laughs> work situation or you just feel like you've been awkward at work? <laughs> Maybe it's more about how we perceive ourselves. Maybe. I've worked at a casino and I worked somewhere with the beer 30 and survived and persevered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Graphic designer for a casino. <laughs> you weren't like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Correct. That's an interesting stint of time. Yes. Many years ago. Well, that was probably 11, 12 years ago. 11, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. My first like legit job in my field. Uh-huh. It was fun. Transferred for that to working at a church. Yep. And then, yeah. So, anyways, sorry. I know that was, like, quite the ramble. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the purpose is to glorify God. So, I think if people see or know that you're going through something and you're still able to be joyful and resilient, I think that that can also speak to God being in your life as well. Mm -hmm. So I, w- I wasn't trying to say like you just walk in and be like, all right, everyone, I want to see you at church on Sunday. You know, like that would be probably not the right approach, mm-hmm. but loving them being, you know, consistent, like always encouraging and and letting them kind of see your life, but see your perseverance in it. And I mean, I think having excellence and diligence, I think that speaks to our character as well, you know, like wanting to get better at your craft or at what you're doing speaks to like God has made me and because he's made me, I'm going to do everything to honor him. And so that means that, yes, I am going to work to make sure that I am the best at what I'm doing. So anyways, I know that was like a, yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) there's a lot of different uh, tangents I can go on on this topic just because there's a lot of things that I feel like, Christian industries can get caught up in rather than doing something that glorifies God is doing something that sells. But that's why I said it's a tangent because I can go off on like the contemporary Christian music industry (laughs) and how they've reduced themselves down to a concentrated product that sells on the radio, but really doesn't have a lot of creative integrity. Yeah. But that's a different topic for a different episode. (laughs) Um, yeah. So like a lot, anyways, I'm excited to kind of get to the end where we kind of talk about how to help our children with this. But, um, let's see. Ephesians 2 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so again, I, like I just said, God has created us and we are his workmanship. And so we have been created to do good things. So I think, you know, if you think you don't have a purpose or you don't know what you're supposed to do, I mean, I would just spend a lot of time in prayer and just naturally look around like, what do people compliment me on or what do I find comes easy to me? And those 
things would probably lead you to where God has created something in you Mm -hmm. to do, to make a purpose. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he prepared all those things beforehand and then he wants us to walk in them. You know, he wants us to do those things that he's given us to do. I think, you know, as a parent thinking about your children, those areas where you see them doing really well, I, I think you want to see them grow in those things. And so I think that's what God naturally wants for us as well. Yeah, God was intentional about how he equipped us. And again, going back to the body of Christ, he equipped some of us for some tasks and some of us for others. If we were all good at the same thing, how would that benefit everyone? Mm-hmm. But we are so varied, and I think that speaks to the diversity of the body of Christ. I think there's a lot of beauty in that of, yes, it does take people of all walks and all life, because that is how God created us to be. So, Yeah, with that being said, on a very simplistic term, when when we think about the church, where do you feel like, um, and I think this is more so a rhetorical question, you can chime in if you want, but... This is more so for those listening to think like the talents that God's given you, where do you feel like you're serving him in the church with those talents? Mm-hmm. And if your answer is you don't know, well, then think about that a little bit. And I, I heard it said this past week um, in a conversation I was having, someone gave the metaphor, and I'm not saying it's the best metaphor out there, but I think you can apply it of like viewing uh, church as like initially church let's view it as a party okay and you got invited to come to the party um, so you show up you benefit from the person who planned the party the food and everything and um, whatever you enjoy the party well okay you've been invited to the party but eventually you have to transition from being an attendee to the party to being the person who's hosting the party and so um like your perspective shift has to be like, now you are like, you need to walk into your church and be able to serve in your church as if you are now hosting the people who are there. And so you're the one you're there greeting, you're there shaking hands, you're welcoming people in, you're using your talents that God has for you, not just to consume, but to also create, um, and, and now host the people who are also maybe now we're the first time invited. Does that make sense? Yes, we want to be contributors and right. not consumers. Yes. Yep. I mean, there is an element of it like, yes, we need, to, we do need to consume. Right. You know, I mean, God gave us his blood and his body to consume, but um, we also need to contribute. Right. Well, you don't know, and this might speak back to one of our older episodes, you, you might not know what you have that someone else needs. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to relate to that person over this or over that. And, and you don't know until you're placed in those spots of hosting or checking people in or, you know, being that, um, voice to a child or a teen, or you just never know. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in like, I don't have a lot of time or this or that. And there, there are ways with whatever time again, I mean, last episode we talked about time, prioritizing our time to God. And so I think that's just goes along with that of our purpose is to glorify God. And if we're just using church and not contributing, you know, yeah. yeah. So if you aren't serving in your church, 
I know you have a reason why right now you're not serving. Yeah. So my, I think a good exercise would be just to write down the reason why you're not serving. Because obviously serving does require a sense of sacrifice. And mm-hmm. um, if you don't feel like right now you're in a state to serve or you don't have the time to serve, well, why do you not have the time to serve? Write down that reason and then look at it and truly ask if that's a good reason. Um, cause again, like I said, I understand situations are different, you know, plenty of people work on their church days. And so sometimes they just, they go to church and they go to work, you know, uh, yeah. but write down your reason and then figure out if there's not a way to sacrifice that thing or rearrange your schedule, um, to, to try to make your mind shift shift to now you're hosting yeah. while you're there. Well, and if it is like, because you work or something like that, I, by understand like, I, I get that you might work weekends or, you know, that is your shift. Um, I mean, you can always be in prayer about that too. Like, God, I really want this to adjust so that I can a attend in person maybe and be like, be able to t- serve. Yeah. Or I'm sure there are other opportunities during the week. I was going to say that too, because I know like, um, like legit, maybe it really doesn't work with your schedule yeah. or to serve on a church day, a Sunday. But I know that there's, um, at least our church has opportunities throughout the week. So we know like there's a group of people that come up on Thursdays that help, you know, get the sanctuary set up and, and help clean a little and all that kind of stuff. So there are opportunities to serve. It doesn't just have to be on a Sunday. But. Right. It doesn't have to be your face in front of anyone. It could just be. I, I would, would recommend yeah. finding a way yeah. to serve in your local church. Yes. Yeah. That'd Love be my that. encouragement if you're not doing that currently. Yes. Um, okay. I'm going to summarize Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It's kind of the parable about the man going on a journey. And so it says, um, he called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one, he gave five talents to another two, to another one, um, each according to his ability. So he trusted the one that he think could handle five, five, two, two, and the one, one, and then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents and made two talents more. But he who received one talent went, dug in the ground, and hid his money. And then I think, anyway, that story concludes with he takes the one from the man who dug it and gave it to the one with ten, um, because obviously he couldn't be trusted with it. And so just, we are trusted with things. And I also appreciate that first, like when we can be trusted with little, we will be given more, you know, like it's kind of those little things that compound together. So if we're faithful in the little, we will be faithful with much. If we can't be faithful with little, then we won't be faithful with much. So, um, Yeah, I think when we're talking about that story with gifts and talents, just to be faithful in those things God has given us. And it does take work. It doesn't say that they just like automatically did it. Mm -hmm. You know, they had to go and trade and do, you know, I don't know what they had to do, but stuff though. They had to do stuff. They had to work. They had to plant, you know, like it probably took them time and effort. And um, however, they were able to do something with what they were given. And so, um, yeah, don't, don't squander it away. You know, don't just like, Oh, I'm, 
like have confidence that God has given you these gifts and talents. And again, they might not be for an audience. It might not be that you're speaking in front of 15,000 people. It might be you are speaking to one individual every week at your work because you are the only one who they're having contact with. So, um, yeah, everything we do, we do to glorify God and it can be just for one. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that parable of the talents because like, I feel like Christians oftentimes will get kind of that concept of stewardship wrong. And this, you know, this is a good example, um, of like thinking that stewardship is like our effort to take what we've been given and just protect it. Um, but that's actually not stewardship. Stewardship is how can I take this thing I've been giving and handle it the way the person who gave it to me would handle it. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially, they're trusting you to handle their assets the way they would. Yeah. And so we know that God is a big God yeah. with unlimited resources and he's a multiplying God. And so um, like when God gives us something like us stewarding the things God gives us, gives us is not bearing it under a rock and protecting it. It's multiplying it. Yeah. And how can, how can we do that? And that's the question. Right. And if we can be faithful in taking the little things God's given us and using them to their full extent, their full potential for his glory, well, then he knows he can trust us to do that with the big things. But if he gives us a little bit and we just go, you know, well, I don't want to lose this, so I'm going to go bury it and yeah. not do anything with it. Well, then why would we be entrusted with more? Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Um. And I guess to add a verse about serving, 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So again, just kind of what you said. We want to use what we've been given, and we want to use it um, to help further his kingdom, but to serve others as well. So, all right. So to kind of talk about as we're nearing the end a little bit, um, because all of these virtues are biblical family virtues. We have 26 and they're for us to implement with our family to guide our children, A, to know who God is and B, how to be Christ-like so that we can re- truly reflect him. Um, so we're going to kind of, let's talk about how to help our kids identify their God-given talents. Uh, because I think sometimes that can just be really tricky. And like I said in the beginning, we don't want to just say, they're good at just this one thing because obviously we do need to develop more than just the things we're gifted in. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not gifted in math, well, you still need math for your life as much as I try to convince myself. I don't, although I do enjoy math. So, but you know, elements <laughs> you guys need to learn this stuff it's not like you're gonna be able to walk around with a computer to answer all these <laughs> questions for you well we proved them wrong <laughs> but to help our to help our children see that there is joy in using our gifts and talents and i think and maybe this is me just thinking about it sometimes i think it's hard for us to talk to our kids about this because maybe we don't view what we're doing as a gift or a talent. Mm. So like our family is very musically artist inclined. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that can be viewed as like, oh, th- those are gifts and talents because they're unique individual. I mean, yeah. It's- However, leadership 
communication, those things are also gifts and talents. And so I think just remembering that everything we've been gifted to do well is a talent and to recognize those things, not just what I would say maybe some people view as like extracurricular centered. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Like, oh, you're gifted in that sport or gifted in this. It's like, no, you could be a really gifted, bold person. You could be gifted in courage. You could be gifted in compassion. And those are qualities that we're trying to develop in our kids, not just. Well, and that's true. And I feel like that's why it's so important to try to develop the hoof. Because, yes, we do have gifts and talents in the sense of specific skill sets or bents like you know if you have a kid who's like you said bent towards music and so they kind of already have a natural sense in them of and like understanding time signatures and chords and and notes and all that stuff um yes it takes work to learn that stuff but it's not like it's not like me trying to learn uh what's something i don't know how to do like me trying to learn how Pinterest is something that people find interesting. You know, I just, I just don't get it. You know, it just doesn't come natural to me. It's like just every time I'm on that side, it's just a confusing mess and I don't understand. But some kids, they have it. And so, yes, we need to under, like teach our kids that these are natural, like these are things that God has given us to develop. But more important than that is the character behind it. Right. Like we have to develop good God-honoring character because that's why I think there's a lot of people like in professional sports who their whole life is spent Sports, 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 <laughs> practice, practice, sports. And then when that ends, they don't know where their life is because this thing that they've spent their entire life perfecting, but missing the character piece or like the opportunity to create deep relationships in the midst of that, you know, those kind of things that whenever the, the activity ends, then you don't even know who you are anymore. Right. Um, so it's important that while we do encourage our kids to develop their skills or their, their interest, the most important thing is to get to the root of it and that we're developing godly characteristics, eternal purpose yeah. so that it's not so that their identity isn't tied to the right the activity. Right. We want we want the purpose to be to glorify God and the avenue to just be. I guess interchangeable almost of like, okay, my avenue could be sports, but then when that's over, my avenue needs to shift to be something else. Mm -hmm. So if we focus more on those qualities or virtues, then that will go longer than just the specific thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we do want to encourage the tasks that come naturally to our children. Again, that doesn't necessarily have to be some sort of specific like you are good at drawing people. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, like that, but it could be you are really good at encouraging people and they are going to encourage people for the rest of their life in whatever they choose to do. So I think that's more so we want to use all of our gifts and talents and we're including both like physical things that you actually do and spiritual things that right. you consist of. Exactly. Yes. And at the end of it all, your identity is found in Christ, not in your ability to do these things. Right. Yeah. They're just an avenue to glorify right. God. Anything else? Not on this topic. <laughs>
Biblically Centered Kids podcast. Yeah. Alive and active. We're in week three now mm-hmm. of it. Daily episodes. Ooh. Five to ten minutes mostly. Free. Free. For your, like get your kids. I mean, just let it be part of your daily routine. Yeah. Whether you're, I mean, some of them you probably don't want to do in the, like Sundays we do a draw along. So that'd be maybe hard to do in the car, <laughs> but a lot of them you can just listen to in the car. Yeah. A lot of fun days on there, but, uh, again, really good feedback on it. We appreciate those of you who have listened, share the word, please. Like we're not going to think you're weird or, um, if you're just, if you really appreciate it and want to post about it, that would be very helpful. Write a review, all that kind of stuff is very helpful for us. So, yes, yeah, we appreciate that a lot. Biblicallycenter.com. We have a lot of fun things on there for you to read or think about. And, um, yeah, thank you for joining us for another, another episode, another episode. Thank you guys. We'll see y'all next time. All right. Bye. (laughs) 